Thank you, Jonathan. Let us pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, as we come before Thy presence to listen from You, God, bless us to hear from Thy Word. God, hide me also behind Thy cross and bless us to um, hear from You alone, Lord. In and through everything, God, Thy great name be glorified. In Jesus Christ's precious name we pray. This is from one of the great vision Isaiah saw in his time. This happened almost 2,500 years ago. Uzziah, one of the famous kings who ruled Jerusalem, uh, one of Judah's king, he passed away. And he ruled around 52 years in Jerusalem. And in Isaiah's life, This is the first time such a reign change happening. He never saw a king um, before, or so this is the first time he is going to see another king. So, 52 years of rule, Isaiah finished. So that time, Isaiah found a vision. Normally, if you read book of Isaiah, you don't see timeline. Very rarely you see that kind of a thing, but Isaiah for this was a very important occasion. That's why he specifically told about this vision's timeline. That happened. This particular vision happened to Isaiah the year Isaiah passed away. Who was King Isaiah? About him, many portions in the scripture is available. But um, for quick reference, let us look into Second Chronicles chapter twenty-six. So that whole chapter talking about Uzziah, he was very young when he became a king. Second Chronicles chapter twenty-six, verse one mentioned that he was just sixteen years old when he became a king. He again. The word of God says another portion also verse three. Again, it emphasizes that he was sixteen year, years old. So when he became a king, he was just sixteen years. Maybe your age of Jonathan. <laughs> it was he was very small, but he did a good good uh, reign. Um, verse four and five says, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. According to all that his father Amaziah did, and then verse five, and he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God, and as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. So he took counsel from godly men. He remembered what his father said, and he obeyed it. And what was the result? God blessed him. God prospered him, not only him, the whole country. And God made him to prosper. That's what we read in that portion. In verse six, seven, and eight, we can see various fights he had. He went forth and warred against Philistines, and break down the wall of Gath. Then uh, other wars is mentioned, and verse seven. God helped him against Philistines 
and against Arabians. Like that, uh, in verse 8 we can see, Ammonites gave gifts into, unto gift to us Uzziah, and his name spread abroad even to the entering of Egypt, for he strengthened himself exceedingly. So when he followed the God of, um, uh, for, for God of his father, he, God blessed him and blessed him in such an extent, he got strengthened himself exceedingly. So that's what word of God says. So when he walked with God, God blessed him so much. God gave him, gave him victories. When he got that kind of great victories, he didn't stood idle. When he got goodness, he was still he was working very hard. Verse 9, we can see he built towers in Jerusalem and um, he made gates. And verse, um, verse 15, he made Jerusalem engines. So those days he, fought, he found innovative people, smart people and used them, used them and made a great city, fortified city, made engines and great things. He did. Verse 15, let us read again. And made Jerusalem engines invented by cunning men to be on the towers and upon the bulwarks to shoot arrows and great stones withal. And his name spread far abroad, for he was marvelously helped till he was strong. So God gave him innovative ideas and great people around him. And he did great things. Verse 10, another a passion of him was agriculture. He, verse 10, also he built towers in the desert and dig many wells, for he had much cattle both in the low country and in the plains, husbandmen also, and wine pressers in the mountains, and um, Carmel, for he loved husbandry. So he, he liked farming, and it was not his intention to bring money from somewhere but he worked hard and made it so he was a good king many years he ruled depending on god and slowly slowly as success became very much and he was very content in so many ways that time some of the sin ended in his heart verse 16 says and when he was strong his hurt was lifted up to his destruction for he, for he transgressed against the Lord his God and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. He was not supposed to do it. Priesthood is different from being a king. But he thought he will take that role also. It was not supposed to, he was not supposed to take that role. But he did what was not intended to do by him because when he was strong, his hurt was lifted up. That's what we read here. So when great successes came, when he became strong, he started doing something wrong. And he went into the temple and he tried to burn incense. And that story, I don't want to go to all the details, but when he was at the altar, um, he, was, he had an attack of leprosy. Then finally, um, they thrusted him out, verse 20, though he was a king, Azariah, the chief priest, and all the priests looked upon him, and behold, 
he was leprous in his forehead and they thrust him out of the out of from thence so basically they thrusted him thrusted him out and also we read in the second portion portion of that verse and he also hasted to go out so he knew god was displeased he knew god afflicted him so he, the man who forcefully went into the altar finally was thrusted out also he himself wanted to come out later part of the his reign he remained separated from the uh, main palace and he lived in another house and his son reigned for him that was a mistake he did we don't see many of other mistakes about him but overall looking he was a great king he loved the lord he knew when the affliction came he knew it is from the lord he took it and he obeyed what has to be done after that and he lived in a house away from the main palace and this king ozaya passed away it was a big thing in the history of israel by that time assyrians becoming stronger so uh, isaiah looking ahead many emotions and thoughts would have gone through the heart of isaiah the prophet he may be very sad by that time he don't know what is ahead what to expect assyrians are getting stronger and this great king is no more and what will be the future of the country what will be future of my people things like that would have been a great thought in his life because he has not seen any other king in his life and that time isaiah ozaya as that time isaiah seeing a great vision probably in the history of our nation um or of the world another ozaya isaiah ozaya moment is happening we had a monarch was living almost um almost 70 years she was the queen of this con- this country and other countries and she is she just passed away and when we i was reading many things about queen elizabeth one of the things i came across was uh, i got it from martin's post some of the quotes from queen elizabeth i would like to read history teaches we need saving from ourselves from our rec- recklessness or our greed god sent into the world neither a philosopher or a general but a savior with the power to forgive for me the teaching of christ and my own personal accountability before god provide a framework in which i try to live my life jesus whose teaching have been handed down from generation to generation and have been the bedrock of my faith his birth marked a new beginning as the carol says the hopes and the fears of all the years are met in thee tonight i have been and remain very grateful to you for your prayers and to god for his steadfast love such a queen is no more with us she was an example for many people many people think that she was a uh she was a believer and um and she was a steady face and um the a, a time when 
values are changing, culture is emerging. Um, it is a maybe an Uzaya moment. So some of the responses about his her death I read from various places. I just wanted to quote some of them. Queen Elizabeth um, has left uh, this life to be with her Savior, Jesus Christ. Her Majesty embodied an age in which duty, not rights, defined a life well lived. She was a figure for many of many of tradition, courage, and calmness in the midst of trial, the best of Britishness, a role model for millions over the decades. Elizabeth was last vestige of a dying dream of duty to family, country, and trinity. Exactly what she tried to tell us in her last years, only by calling on the name of Jesus can we be saved from ourselves. People's comment. I, I don't subscribe to all of them, but some of the comments I was just reading. So, people are upset about, uh, sad about her passing away. Um, she went through so many things in her life. She saw um, victories and failures, broken homes. Um, her own four, three of her children got divorced. She had to go through so much in her life. But she trusted in the Lord and she had a calm face. So here, in, in this chapter, um, what we see is Isaiah went through a challenging time when his king passed away. He was sad. He didn't, he don't know what, what to expect from the next king. We also don't know what to expect from the next king or next rulers or present rulers. But when Isaiah was going through that challenging time, God showed him a vision. In that vision, he saw something marvelous. There, Lord sitting upon the throne. Lord is sitting upon the throne. How? High and lifted up. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And he is sitting upon the throne which is high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple. And then he see the great visions about him. And one of the things in verse 3 says that, And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And when they cried like that, the posts of the, the, posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. So it was a great vision. The angels, seraphims, each one had six wings, with twain, two they covered their face, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they flied. And they are crying with great voice about the glorious God. So it was a glorious vision Isaiah seeing here at the time of this evolving time in his lifetime. And then he, what happened to him was he examining himself. And he is confessing about himself. Verse 5 and 7 5 to 7, we see that. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of the people of unclean lips. 
and he is saying how fragile he is, how bad he is. And then God comfort him and God sent um, <coughs> seraphim and and verse 6 says, Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his, in his hand, which he had taken with tongues from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. So that assurance, that blessing, um, Isaiah received. God made provisions to purge his sins and God sanctified him and with that pure heart he is standing before the presence of God. We, the New Testament believers, we are so blessed to get that purging from the Lord's blood. blood. Anyone who accepts that I am a sinner and accepts that Jesus died for my sins and repent from their mistakes and surrender their life, Jesus washed them and make them clean and make them his own children and it is such a blessing we can receive that purging from the Lord himself and when he is with a clean heart when he stands before the Lord he is started hearing a voice voice of nobody else but voice of the Lord and what what he is hearing and I heard a voice of the Lord saying whom shall I send and who will go for us this is what he is hearing so when we sit before the presence of the God with a pure heart God will talk to us even today so when Isaiah started started this journey he was sad because he, he saw his beloved king passed away. Then God showed him this great vision. And then God purged him. And then God starts speaking to him. And what he said, God shared his thoughts to him. And his concern to him. And God saying, whom shall I send? He is asking to this humble human being who is upset, who is sad, who is fragile, to that man, God is asking, Whom shall I send? Who, 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 who will go for us? Then, this, I, this prophet of God said, Here am I, send me. And God said, Go and tell these people, you know what is the quality of these people? That is written in verse 9. Here, they hear indeed, but understand not. See indeed, but perceive not. The people around are not nice people. They see, but don't want to really see. They hear, but they really don't want to understand. So when we look around our community, this is, more or less the same is the story. So what God has to talk to us in this time? God, God likes us to send. God wants us to send to places, to people. God brings people in our life. It is very important for us to share this good news.
and in this time in this generation it is our responsibility to share this good news god came god sent his own son to us to save us and it is our responsibility to share this good news to others if god's desire is who will go for me so may good god bless us to share this good news to people around us though they hear not or they don't see it or see it not still let us continue to serve the lord let us continue let us be encouraged even in this point of time in history though we go through very challenging time culture is changing so many problems around us so many attacks towards christians directly and indirectly but god is high and lifted up he is at the he is on the throne so let us set our eyes upon him and serve him faithfully may good god bless and use all of us may his name be glorified